This is RV on Business. Welcome to 101.9 High FM at 7 minutes past 12. Thank you so much for joining us. And as we heard that invert, the advert there for Citadel, I couldn't have said it better myself. Life is not about money, but money is what makes a lot of things go around on a daily basis. And if you're your own business owner, if you run your own show, if you don't have the protection of working in an environment where if you're ill for a short period of time or even a longer period of time, they will either pay you or there are mechanisms to pay you, you're going to find yourself in serious, serious trouble. And therefore, to discuss that on the line with me is John Marsden, who is a director of Citadel Financial Protection. John, welcome to Chai FM. Uh, good. Hi, Avi. How are you? Great. One well, and yourself. Good, good. Great. John, you're the Managing Director of Citadel Financial Protection. Let's get straight into it. The, the biggest challenge we have with a business owner or somebody who runs his own business is cash flow. At the end of the day, everybody wants to have the Rolls-Royce protection. They want to have everything in place. They want to make sure they're doing the right thing. But when cash is tight, sacrifices need to be made. And unfortunately, insurance is one of the first things that get either bounced or put on the back burner. When it comes to running your own business, what are the crucial elements of insurance that someone should be aware of? I think the, the yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean, the, 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 the crucial element of, of any of these uh, discussions is, is understanding the value proposition of ensuring that, that the continuation of the business is, uh, is stable in the event that a key person or, or, or even the owner of the business is unable to uh, perform their normal functions for any period of time. Um, and, and that's something that's often overlooked, you know, Insurance, unfortunately, is always a grudge purchase because the outcome is never one that's a pleasant one to contemplate. So certainly um, protecting your ability to, to continue the business uh, is crucial. You know, recently, um, I was not recently, but a year, year and a half ago, I was in Plett. And I just walked through the town on the one side after the fires had been through. And then I went, uh, you know, to visit a hotel that I'd been to a few times and it just wasn't there. And driving through the grounds, if one can call them that, to the hotel, it looked like Armageddon. It looked like a nuclear reactor exploded. And, you know, insurance is absolutely crucial because if those buildings, apparently, a lot of those people insured them when they bought them. They insured them at the value that they purchased for them, which is often not the correct value because it's not the replacement value, and yet never updated it. So when, stri- when disaster struck, they were wholly underinsured, and that caused chaos. Hmm. The, the, there are a number of elements to, uh, to insurance. Um, one obviously is, is the, the tangible elements that, that is the building and the equipment or the machinery that, that is necessary to, uh, to run the business. It could be machinery, it could be computer equipment, it could be any number of, uh, of, of things. Um, and of course, you know, if that, if something happens as you're describing, then insurance is absolutely essential to, to make sure you can rebuild the business. Um, in, in essence, the, you know, the, the value of the property, the value of the equipment should and, and must be reviewed annually um, as, you know, obviously property values go up, equipment values depreciate. Um, and uh, But it's important to make sure that you've got 
that that contingency that, that should anything unforeseen happen, you know, there will be an interruption to the business, but, um, you know, what uh, what you have can be replaced at least. Fantastic. Um, John, sorry to cut you off there, but we've got a line that's not 100% perfect, and I want to call you back again. So if you don't mm-hmm. mind, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to okay. try to reconnect with you because there's quite a lot to discuss. We'll be back with yes, you please. in a moment. This is RV on Business. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM. It's exactly 40 minutes past 12. Thank you so much for joining us. If you've just tuned in and if you were listening before, just to remind you that we're talking to John Marsden, who is the manager, managing director of Citadel Financial Protection. And we're talking about the protection that a business owner needs in order to ensure the continuity of his business should something unforeseen happen. John, is the line clear for you? It's a better line. Thank oh, you. wonderful. John, let's jump straight into it. Income protection. You know, it's a term, funny enough, that is not really on the lips of every business owner. And my feeling is that it should be. It's most probably the, one of the most important pieces of insurance or one of the most important items on the insurance menu that a business owner can, you know, can order. Talk us mm. through what the nuts and bolts are, how it works, and why it's so important. Obviously, the... the the main element of uh, of protecting income is clearly to, to ensure that the, the the generation of earnings continues in the event of of, of short term or longer term uh, incapacity or disability. Um, there are various times these days that become much more flexible, even to the extent that, for for instance, some someone in a professional practice um, may not be able to practice their their uh, their, the design profession for even a week or 10 days. And if that's their only income, uh, then the sickness benefit would, 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 would be essential. For bigger businesses where there are other colleagues and associates and directors, um, you know, the shorter term income protection can be actually sustained within the business. And that's why companies, you know, often have sick leave benefits or, you know, waiting periods to, uh, to offset the cost. But, you know, if you're not able to earn an income, um, the business fails. Um, also, to cover overhead for the business, um, income protection plans um, in the main cover not only your personal income, but also the overheads and the costs of running a business. So, you know, things like your rent, staff costs, etc., can be covered um, in, in that kind of product. You know, John, something I find that is often misunderstood is that people say, well, if I'm claiming, let's say I'm a physio and I'm claiming from income protection because I had an accident or I broke my hand or a finger, do I have to shut my practice down or can I get a locum in to continue my practice so that it doesn't, my clients don't disappear and can I still claim the income at the same time? Yes, you can. The Bringing in a locum, bringing in somebody who is generating the income, you're still paying uh, the overhead for that locum. They're generating the earnings out of the practice. So the business continuity is, is taken care of, but it doesn't, uh, you still need to have to have your own earnings protected. Um, and one of the things in, in a professional practice, such as the one you mentioned, um, you know, they're usually cash practices. So if you're not generating earnings from your daily activity, uh, your income ceases immediately. So it's essential to have something to replace that whilst you're getting better. 
It's, I've just seen it in my own practice. It's most probably the most fundamental cover. And funnily enough, a couple of years ago, it, it wasn't even punted. It wasn't sold. It's been around for a long time. If I remember correctly, I think Sage Life was one of the first companies to bring it out. I think it was called Income Replacement Protection or something like that. Mm. But it's become a lot more prevalent and a lot more popular right now. Um you know, John, I'm so unfortunately we are a little bit of short on time. So let's move on to the next topic. And that's the topic of a buy and sell agreement. It's a term that's thrown around and bandied around. And often I think the, 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 the shortcoming of it is that you can have the insurance in place. But number one, if they're not structured correctly, they sort of counterproductive. And number two, if there isn't a legal document to go with them, then they sort of like a chair standing on three legs. Can you just unpack mm. that for us? Yes, the business continuity when you're in partnership with, uh, you know, one or more other uh, entities with an interest of, of a financial nature in the business is absolutely crucial. Um, mostly in the event of, of death, death or permanent disability, um, you want to be able to release the value of your shareholding in the business as soon as possible. Um, and, and allow the other partners to be able to buy out your share. The, and that's quite key because liquidity is, is a big issue and you may not necessarily have the sufficient capital available to immediately pay out the, you know, the other shareholders. Um, the legal document that, that is so essential to back this all up is, is to ensure that that legal agreement is in place that the proceeds of an insurance policy are directly paid to the other shareholders so that they can buy out your share of the business, um, which which means that you've got the cash flow for your family, etc., which you know could be crucial. Um, also, if if the policies are not structured correctly in terms of who's actually paying the premiums, then the default is it becomes dutiable uh, in in your own estate, and you could be paying excessive amounts of estate duty, which uh, otherwise wouldn't be necessary. You know, I find it such a simple thing. You know, when you sit down with somebody who really understands buy and sell and puts the contracts in place and goes through all, you know, dots the I's and crosses the T's, so to speak, it all falls in place. But 99% of the, of the structures that I've seen have got major holes in them because they just haven't been finished correctly, which actually in a way would cause a greater liability than had they not been there. So it's just quite important to go to the right person to get them done. Yes, absolutely. The, you know, a buy and sell agreement is, is a reasonably simple thing to structure, but um, to ensure that the legal contract is in place and that the policy uh, is structured correctly in terms of who is the owner and who is the payer uh, is absolutely essential. And, and for that one, should most definitely speak to an expert uh, in the field. Um, and this is different as well, of course, from what you might call a key person in a business. If, if uh, if you're in a business and you have somebody working for you uh, who is essential to the functioning of your business, it's, it's often important to ensure that person so that should anything happen to that individual, then the business has enough capital and money to search for somebody new um, and, uh, and suffer any financial loss, uh, you know, to offset financial loss that might occur whilst we try to refine that replacement person. So the two go hand in hand. Uh, you know, John, just before we get to key man, a, a question has come up here on the screen. I'll, I'll just summarize it. Someone wants to know that they've, they've been to two different financial advisors and they've been given different advice 
on on the buy and sell. On the one buy and sell, they would advise not to put severe illness or what some companies call dread disease. And on the other policy, they when they looked at the quote, they see it was there. Um, with no proviso, you know, that it should or shouldn't be there, but the default, if it's there, that it should be there. They're not quite sure what to do because the first advisor was adamant that they shouldn't put severe illness into the buy and sell contracts. What do you feel about that? Um, the, there's a number of different elements you can include in a, in a buy and sell. Normally it covers, you know, the eventuality of the death of a partner, a business partner, or the, the permanent disability of a partner. But in terms of the buy and sell, you know, the, you can also include critical illness. But usually that would, the, the purpose of the buy and sell is if the individual is permanently unable to participate in the business into the future. So, you know, one needs to look at those circumstances. And then the other real issue is affordability. Critical illness cover is quite expensive. Um, and, and there are limits to the, uh, to the sums assured under critical illness. Um, so if a business is a fairly highly valued business, um, you know, it's unlikely that you would be able to get, uh, you know, tens of millions of cover for that kind of thing. Fair enough, yes. And I think that's something that people forget. We, we, you know, when, when people are starting out, I've got small or modest businesses, is that sometimes these policies can be for incredibly large um, um, f- um, numbers. I know a, a particular insurance company, not to mention any names, their results were somewhat um, – Mooted because of major, major claims that had to pay out. And, uh, some of those actually came from buy and sell agreements where a partner was killed over the uh, festive period and that, that triggered a, a large claim. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's go to, to key person insurance. A so key person insurance, how does that, who owns that policy? The, the business, the business owns the policy. Um, and, and the, and the life assured uh, the beneficiary of the policy is the business, um, and that way that the, the person who's insured, this, this money doesn't fall into their estate. Um, because the purpose of the, of, the, um, of the cover is so that the business can offset unforeseen costs of replacing a, a particularly important individual within the business, um, whether that's to recruit and find a headhunt, a suitable replacement uh, person, or indeed to offset perhaps financial loss in the business for a short period of time. Okay, and um, it's a, the most important thing is that it actually pays directly to the business and it's not the, the life assured. For example, if I worked for you and I was particularly you know, useful in generating a certain amount of business, you would insure me. But then if I spilled coffee on your lap one day and I got fired – um, you know, that policy could be cancelled by you because I actually have no hold on it whatsoever. Yes, it's, it's, a, it's a policy that's owned by the business um, and it's paid for by the business on the life of the employee and in the event of either permanent disability or death of that employee, the proceeds of the policy pay to the business. So it's uh, not part of the employee's estate. John, sorry, take, just to take you back to buy and sell, someone's just sent through a question. The question goes like this. The company, the partnership, sorry, I used to work for had a buy and sell agreement and I was the life assured and my partner owned the policy on me. When I left the partnership, my ex-partner refused to cancel the policy and has kept it on my life. Is that allowed? Um, 
you'd have to demonstrate an insurable interest for the policy to be valid. Um, it, it's not a it's not a common practice to you know randomly insure somebody else if there's no insurable interest. Um, the fact that the policy was still in force and that the company wanted to keep it is is unusual in the in the fact that there would be no real benefit for for them in terms of that. But there's no negative um, that I could think of that that would be on the life assured. Uh, the um, the, the onus would be on the business then to, to demonstrate at the time of claim that there was an insurable interest. Yeah, I suppose it's a bit of a strange one. Maybe his partners know something about his health that he doesn't know, and they, uh, they're they waiting for something to happen. But that's that, that's the, the feeling I'm getting from, from the message that came through there. John, and then short, lastly, I remember, you know, many years ago, a, an insurance um, person came to see us for short-term insurance and I was a young financial director in a company and I, I just got given this plethora of different com- of covers with every scary possible um, outcome that could happen. And after a couple of months, we sat down and we said, like, do we need all these things? Loss of document, loss of this, loss of that. And when we started culling all the little bits that we were paying, I mean, it was an exorbitant amount of money. We were lucky nothing happened once we sort of reduced it. But I've often thought back and thought, if something had happened, we were really clever to save a few rand in the event something went wrong. The, if, if you're in referring to short-term insurance, yes. normally, you know, the it's, again, it's an affordability issue. Um you know, the, the, the reality is there's virtually nothing you can't insure. Um, so it's really a case of assessing between yourself and, and a, a, a proper advisor what is the most appropriate level of cover and the type of cover for, for your needs. Um, you know, the, the reality is the, the amount of different kinds of insurance you can have um, are so vast that you know, you may not even have enough cash flow to cover every eventuality. So you've really got to be selective around what is practical uh, and important. But but not to be drawn into the folly of thinking that insurance is not required, that I'll self-insure, uh, etc., because it only takes one catastrophe um, to bankrupt you uh, for a relatively small premium on a monthly basis. Um, there's too many examples that I could quote where People have decided that they can't afford to insure their home, for instance. Um, and uh, I you know, personally am aware of a few people that I've had dealings with where their home was burnt down and uh, it wasn't insured. Uh, and, and therefore, there is nothing. So there's no amount of self-insurance that, you know, that can cover replacing your home. John, maybe if I can just add on that point, um, you know, maybe to add insult to injury, it's one thing when you've cancelled your insurance or maybe you were naive and didn't realize that you needed it, which is almost impossible because the banks almost demand it. But um, the worst scenario is when you have insurance on your home, you took it out when you took out your bond 15 years ago. You're incredibly proud of yourself that you've paid off your bond five years early. And then winter happens and a heater knocks over and a particular room in the house is gutted. And you're very chuffed because you've been paying this premium for insurance for 15 years. And then the assessor comes around and says, but you're totally underinsured. And you look at him with this look of absolute surprise. Like, how on earth was I meant to know that I'm underinsured? 
Mm. And mm. Um, really what happens there is that they average the claim. And um, that is the most insulting thing where you actually don't even get enough to repair the damage and you've been paying the, 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 the premiums. So am mm. I right in saying that as important as getting the insurance and paying the premiums is to be absolutely certain that you've insured the right values? Absolutely. The same applies. You know, in um, I've seen this with uh, with householders' insurance. Usually, a, a type of any insurance, if it's on a property that's increasing in value, the, the insurer um, will do some kind of an annual escalation of the of the cover in line with property values. And they would also do a depreciation of a vehicle, for instance, so that you know the the value of the vehicle is not um, you know, it's, it's depreciating over time. Um, but the consequence, of course, is you've got to realize that then you're not going to get a brand new vehicle if your vehicle is, is um, you know, stolen or, or written off. Similarly, in income protection, it's equally important to keep the insurer aware that the cover is in line with your increasing income. Um, so annual reviews are essential. Uh, you know, and you know, a lot of companies these days, when you talk about paying premiums and, and never claiming, I always say that if you pay premiums and you've never claimed, you should celebrate because it means nothing's ever happened to you. Um, and where companies these days offer cashback rewards, it's important to understand that those cashback rewards are usually included somewhere in the, in the cost of your, of your cover. Um, you know, it's, it's a small investment that runs along the side of your of your policy normally. Um, so, you know, those sorts of things, generally speaking, are, are there to try and offset that psychology of I'm paying all this money and I'm not getting any return for it. Um, you know, that's that's sort of the way they would build that in these days. Yeah, I think it's quite important, exactly as you said, to make sure that you just sat down and you get someone who can advise you. And um, just, you know, my two cents worth is that it's very easy to blame the financial planner or the consultant or Citadel mm. when something goes wrong. But at the end of the day, you are the life assured and you are the policy owner. It's your responsibility to also pick up the phone should you be uncertain. Um, mm. And I hear it all the time. I've left messages. He never came back to me. Well, he is an individual. She is an individual. But they work and represent far bigger organizations. Go above mm. them, go beyond them. It's your responsibility to make sure that things are up to date. And if you're not getting the service, go and find the service. It's as simple as that. Absolutely. It, it's, it, goes, it goes both ways. Um, a good financial advisor with a strong relationship will review, at least telephonically, annually, um, and make sure everything is, is satisfactory and in line. Um, often one finds that those that annual reviews are postponed and postponed. Um, but, you know, working with a reputable financial advisor or, or an advice firm is, is key to make sure that there is continuity of relationships. You know, if, if, you're, if your advisor retires or something happens to your advisor, who can actually take over and, and continue the relationship? Uh, and that's where Citadel, I think, prides itself in that we have a 97% client retention rate um, and that's because we ensure that if anything happens in an advice relationship, somebody else understands and can pick up where we left off if something unforeseen happens. John, on that note, if somebody wants to become part of that 98% retention rate, how do they get hold of you? 
Sorry, could you repeat that? It's a, it's a very bad line again. So if somebody wants to become a client of yours, someone who wants to be in touch with you, what's the easiest way for someone to reach you? The, the easiest way is, uh, is to look us up on, uh, on our website, citadel.co.za. Um, we're under the banner of Citadel Wealth Management, so it would direct you to any element within Citadel, whether it's investment planning, um, you know, insurance risk, life insurance, uh, company uh, benefits, etc. We also are a consulting firm that looks after companies and their employee benefits for retirement planning. So uh, to look us up there, um, and uh, you know, and, uh, simply if you're unsure, a Google search will pick us up very quickly um, on on our website. And can someone ask for you directly? They may. Yes, they can. Um, my uh, I, my email is John M at citadel.co.za. Fantastic. John, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for coming on to High FM. And I really encourage everybody to please be in touch with you. These things are important. Thanks for your time. Thank you very much indeed for the opportunity. Great. Thank you. That was John Marsden, who is the Managing Director of Citadel Financial Protection. Everything that we discussed today, income protection, buy and sell insurance, key man, business overhead protection, and all your short-term liabilities can all be taken care of at Citadel, and please do yourself a favor. It's one of these things that we, we just, we just gonna get to until something happens. It's one of those feelings that you might know that when you've done it, the sense of relief is tremendous. And when you've done it with somebody that you feel comfortable and once you've done it and you know that it's done to the best of your ability within your budget, you will feel so much more at peace because that's one nagging little thing out of the way. And just in case you thought you could relax, tax season is coming up next month. So uh, get your insurance out of the way. Go and speak to your financial planner. Give John Marsden at Citadel a call, but make sure you get it done. And if nothing else, have a conversation. And just one thing to add into the mix. If you are a dentist or a doctor and you're working for yourself, Please make sure that you take your wife, your partner, the person that you're going to leave behind with to the meeting so that everybody's on the same page. I've had too many examples where people said to me during their lifetime, my wife, my girlfriend, my husband is, is not savvy, doesn't really know what's going on. So I'm not quite sure what I should do. And then the inevitable happens and nothing was done. No one's asking your partner to be financially savvy. What you, what they are asking you to be is to be considerate and make sure that you put the plans in place and there's someone to assist them and that they're aware. Should something happen, this is what I need to do. Please go have a look there. If you own your, if you run your own business, simple things like, um, if you've got a shop in a mall, the glass on the front of your store, check with on your lease who has to insure that. Little things like that are important. Your PABX contract, the, your, your, um, the lady or the person who answers your phone, those people need to, need to be paid whether you're there or not. So sit with your financial planner and get it done. And once again, thanks to Citadel for uh, the sponsorship of the show. Please go along and have a look at their website and everything you need is over there. Just to remind you, the guy's name was John Marsden and he's the Managing Director of Citadel Financial Protection. Thanks so much for listening. Speak to you next week.